0: Hi, and welcome back to The Abnormal Christian. I am Brad Mason. I am here again with my lovely wife, Natasha Mason.
1: Hello. My
0: lady on the right-hand side. <laughs> so we are back again for another episode of The Abnormal Christian. I would like to thank you for uh, coming back to the podcast, listening, and uh, just kind of hanging out with us and, and seeing what we got going on in our minds. Um, so this episode of the, of the podcast, we're going to be looking at um, probably Babylon. Uh, I, I don't dun, really. Dun, dun. Yeah, I don't know what I don't know what the title of this episode will be, but it'll be something around that. Um, really, and what does Babylon mean uh, in the scripture? What does it mean in our life? Um, how does this relate to us as Christians living in the world? How did it relate to? Um, the children of Israel uh, when they were in Egypt and when they were taken into Babylonian captivity. And um, there's just a lot of different things. Uh, I I think, first off, I'd like to say that um, the scripture uses Babylon as a uh, metaphor and as a physical um, type of thing. So if you go to Revelations chapter 18, there's a description there of a literal physical city that is being um, judged basically by God um, for the wickedness that it has um, done in the world, and uh, we'll read it real quick. i have Natasha. Read it. It's uh, Revelation's chapter 18, verses one through five.
1: And after these things, I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lightened with his glory. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying. waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins, and that ye receive not of her plagues. For her sins have reached unto heaven, and God hath remembered her iniquities.
0: So we have this passage in uh, in John, uh, Revelation, I'm sorry, written by John, and uh, it's giving us this description of this city, um, Babylon, um, which in, in his a lot of people look at Revelation. I have some people who tell me, "Well, it's just it's all allegory or it's metaphor, and none of it's actually literal uh, literal things happening." And we can't confirm or deny that because we don't really know. All we know is John saw a vision, and he was told to write down what he saw. And this is what he saw about this city of Babylon. Um, but really, if you look at some, I really want to play a parallel here because I don't. First off, I want to say I don't think America is Babylon. I don't think America is Babylon the Great. I don't think we meet the qualifications. Um, the Book of Revelation says it's a city that is set on seven hills. Um, so today I looked, and there are there's approximately between fifty and sixty different cities in the world that are set on seven actual hills. Um, Rome, for example, is the city of seven hills. Um, Mecca. To the Muslims, Mecca is the city of seven hills. It has seven mountains. It actually sits in the center of these seven mountains. Um, Jerusalem itself is a city of seven hills. So a lot of times, I think it's in Revelation 17, a little bit earlier, um, it describes this city as on seven hills. And here in, in chapter 18, it describes this great destruction that occurs. And it's really, um, this destruction is, is based on a couple different things. is that the um, the the people of the earth, all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. And the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. Um, and it's saying, in this sense, this is the metaphor that they've committed fornication. they really committed with the city. Um, but they're, they're, the way that they've done business, the way they've operated, the things that their hearts have lusted after... Were wicked in the eyes of god and it was just as you know when jesus talks about lust he was saying you know um like murder it's not just doing it it's having hate in your heart adultery is not just going out and cheating it's having that desire that lust in your heart to be with someone else and so here in john uh, revelations we see Um, Babylon and this fornication is fornicating itself with the world which basically means that it's exporting all of its wickedness it's taking the wickedness that it has and it's luring in other nations of the world and other leaders around the world and it's enticing them with this wickedness and they're falling prey to it and they they fall in love with it and so they give themselves and their societies over to this wickedness this fornication Um, it talks about how uh the, the the merchants of the earth got very rich through the abundance of her delicacies all the things that she had um they got very rich off of selling the goods off of using the people off of using the resources um and so this destruction comes on them very quickly um and the the book of revelation goes on to describe how it is destroyed within an hour and that the merchants and the people in the world are in such grief and, and um they're so upset because this place that they love so much um was destroyed is there another time in the scripture that you can think of um where a city was destroyed and someone loved it so much when they saw it burning
1: sodom and gomorrah
0: there there's one that's exactly what i was thinking of it's it's kind of this parallel that fire falls and destroyed sodom and gomorrah and lot's wife turned around in love of it she didn't want to see it burn she didn't want to see it go she turns around in disobedience to god and she sees the destruction of sodom and gomorrah and this is the same type of a situation where the merchants of the world the kings the leaders um are seeing this city collapse and crumble and burn um so you know a lot of people are i going to question that and say, is, uh, is this going to be a real place? I honestly don't know. I can't tell you. I don't really know. Um, I think it is. I think it's a real city in the future that is is going to come about. Um, I think this is going to be the city. It's going to be a city where the anti-Messiah, the Antichrist, um, sets himself up, and he he really promotes his, um, his followers to follow him out of this one specific city. If you think of it that way, all of the earth is blessed because of all the things this anti-Messiah can do, and it's coming out of this city that he's created. That he has, um, but in the, I want to take it back a little bit, like I said, and and look at this in from American, the American perspective. Um, if you're an American and you live in, in America, uh, we have what we could look at as a Babylonian system. Cause that's what a lot of people in, in the scripture, there was a system of Babylon and there was a place of Babylon. Um, so if you looked at the, a lot of the same things you read right here are the same things that are happening here in the United States today. Um, wickedness of every kind you can think of. And, and I want to address one because I think it's in the scripture here in this verse three, it points it out for us. It says the wrath of her fornication. Notice it says fornication. And then it says the kings of the earth have committed fornication. So this was sexually motivated sin, and I think when you look at America, you could say we fall in the same boat right now because there's a lot of people out here who are trying to justify, we're trying to, um, we're trying to make it okay for us to accept sexual sin, sins that are immoral and corrupt according to the Word of God. I, you know, I'm not even going to sit here and list them all because I don't have to. They're on the news every day. They're on the commercials you see. They're in the TV shows you watch. There is something going on there where these ideas are being pressed upon us. They're, they're pressing them upon us because they want acceptance. We've talked about this in other podcasts before that um, I really think, me personally, I think a lot of this started with humor. Uh, a lot of comedians in the 80s and 90s who, who came out um, were always in little TV shows. They were in the background. They were the side character. And what they did was get you to laugh. They got you to laugh at, at their lifestyle. And once you laughed at their lifestyle, you dropped your guard. You know, it it was, and I'll call Ellen DeGeneres out because that's just a great example. She had her own TV show for years. She was not out of the closet. People laughed. People loved her. Christians loved her. And when she came out, they were still okay with it. You know, it was like, it was this acceptance because I fell in love with this. Oh, this person so hilarious, but they're funny. Oh, it doesn't matter. Come on. You know, and so we, we fall into that trap, but I'm saying, if you look at what was going on here in Babylon, how this is what we're doing, we're exporting from America out into the rest of the world, our philosophies and our doctrines and our beliefs. Um, We're sending it out to foreign countries. Even the religious people in America are doing that. Um, I've seen, I've Got a couple friends in Africa, um, but I've seen in Africa a lot of these Pentecostal, um, uh, New Apostolic Reformation, uh, healing, huge ministries, you know, healing and come get your blessing and all this. to poor people of Africa who don't have anything. And those are things, those are byproducts of what the American religious system has done. We've taken that teaching here that God doesn't want you to suffer. God doesn't want you to do he doesn't want anything, you know, difficult in your life or that you're never going to have difficulty. Um, you should be blessed, you should see, you know, have wealth and and all the things you've ever desired. And we've exported that to poor countries around the world. And these people are showing up and what they're not getting is Jesus and what they are getting is a lie. That you know, my life's never going to be it's difficult. It's like a bait
1: and switch kind of.
0: Right. The scripture never says our life is not going to be difficult. Has our life been difficult? Yes. Is is our life still difficult?
1: Yes, times yeah, our a life,
0: thousand. Yes, our life is—it's you know the ability to put together a podcast on an old computer and and, and an old um, sound system thing that I got here, a little a mixer that I've got. Um, that that by and no means uh, is a measure of success because we don't have that. It's not. We are just like everybody, and this is what this podcast has always been about. It's not been about the um, the self righteous, the Pharisaical. Well, or, let or, me
1: stand up here and, right. and you know, Let me tell pontificate how, how much,
0: how great I am. You yeah. know, it's easy for a man who has all the money that he can stand um, to go out and, and buy a new car and eat out and, and wear fancy clothes. It's easy for him to stand in front of other people and say, "Well, I don't know what your problem is. God's not blessing you, but He's blessing me. He, he wants to bless you the same way." Um, that's very easy to do, but it's hard. You know, when we we talk about. Um, adversity, because I'm a big believer that the gospel thrives in adversity. I think the gospel grows in adversity. I think whenever the body of Christ is persecuted and oppressed, that's the time that the gospel grows the most, because that's when we see the genuine people stay. That's when we see the believers stand up. That's when we see the glory of God shine through the difficult times. Um, I was in a, a discussion the other day with someone who said, well, all these, you know, they were talking about churches closing down, um, they were talking about, uh, you know, Hebrews ten twenty-five. I posted uh, a, a, a blog. I got a new blog going on, uh, Living in Christ. You can go to livingic.com and you look on the blog page there and there'll be all kinds of blogs about that. But I wrote one today about Hebrews ten twenty-five, and it had to do with the forsaking, not the assembling of yourselves together. And so, you know, we're looking at. Oh, uh, this person was just going on about how difficult it was for a We should not be closing churches. We should not be doing this. We should not be doing that. And I'm thinking, yeah, but, but there's, you know, poor people, old people, sick people. You know, I've got a friend of mine who has a church and I believe their church is, is currently closed right now because they didn't close. And a lot of people caught the coronavirus and got sick. Is that wrong? No, that's not wrong. That's being prudent. Um, But in that adversity, you know, we've gone. uh, The church that we've been going to, they've gone to online services. They're they're sharing the gospel online. They're sharing the gospel on the radio. They're doing it by other means. Um, And even in that adversity, there's a testimony that can come out. And so, you know, when we look at that in in, in relations to this verse of this scripture in Revelations about Babylon, I look at America. And the real question, and I think this is really the real question of what I wanted to talk about, um, is When is when is enough enough, and when are we? When are are you out? When do you get? When are you out?
1: Well, I think I've made this statement to you numerous times. I look at you and I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. I can go off, walk off into the woods, and I'll, I'll be okay right i don't care to have any interaction with anybody else
0: i think there are so we we love to watch uh tv shows about um people who are self-sufficient who go live off away from society we love anything in alaska really because it's it's away from everything right and the idea is that it's this separation and this is something that we were talking about we went out of town this past weekend um and we were talking and discussing this and this is it, it was it was very, it's still very real to me, but it's very passionate. Something passionate in my heart that says, why are we allowing ourselves to continue to follow the world. Now you can be, you're listening to this podcast and maybe you're from another country. And i bet you it's the same thing in your country. There are immoral people doing immoral things, but for some reason, Christians are sitting down and listening to them, giving them time, watching their shows, listening to their music, giving some space in their life to people who have no business telling us how to live, how to raise our children, how to worship our God, where to go, what to do, what to say. I think we got nothing in common with the world. You have to understand that. Um, We've talked about the, the world out here in the grand picture of things, the grand scheme, the whole world um, is like in unto Egypt where the uh, the children of Israel, the Hebrews, were stuck in Egypt for 400 years. And the whole time they were there, they were crying out to God for what? A deliverer. They wanted a deliverer to come. Get us out of here. We're tired of being slaves to the Egyptians. We're tired of being under their rule. We want to leave. We want to to have a God of our own to worship. Um, and that's us. Church People, if you're listening, that is us. We don't belong to this. One of the worst things, I think, um, and this is one of the things that will point out um, a false religious system. If you want to know what a false religious system is and you want some kind of litmus test to tell if a, uh, if a religious system is false, what is their underlying goal? Um, there's one group out there, and I won't name them, but there's one group out there who says their goal is to create the kingdom of God on earth. That is their goal. They believe that they are here, they're building all the little halls everywhere. Um, and they are creating. Oh, that was a
1: clue, y'all.
0: <laughs> they are creating the kingdom of God on earth. And I'm not trying to say, listen, I'm, there, there may be somebody saved in that organization. I, I'm sure there is, but they're trying to create the kingdom of God on earth themselves. They said, "We are here to create the kingdom of God." In doing so, we are building His kingdom. We are determining who gets in and who doesn't. Um, but that's not what the Scripture says. Jesus said, "Thy kingdom come." Thy will be done. The disciples asked, When will your kingdom come? See, Christian, we're not in this world to make it a better we're not here to make it a better place to establish it to be the kingdom of God. This world, the Bible says, has a prince of power of the air, and that's Satan. And this belongs to him until Christ returns. Our job here is to find people to add to the kingdom of God. That's what the gospel is about. It's about going out and finding those lost and bringing them in to the good shepherd so that they have a new. New home in heaven. And the problem with Christianity today, from my own heart and from my own specific feeling, is that we do not even begin to want to separate ourselves from the world. I'm not talking about go out and build a commune somewhere and live off on your own. I'm not. I mean maybe it'll eventually come to that. But that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is our everyday speech, our language, our actions, everything that we're doing. We don't have the conviction um to separate ourselves from the world. And if we're not willing to do that, I think I said today, if you can't control the tongue in your mouth, because there was a lady last week, um, I don't remember her name, but she was a well-known Christian artist, Christian writer. And she said, oh, I love Jesus, but I curse a little. I love Jesus, but I still love my hip hop. I love Jesus, but I love this. And she listed a whole bunch of things about the world that she still loves. I love Jesus, but I love this over here you know and and i think today i wrote that if you can't control the tongue if you if you don't have enough discipline to control your tongue and what comes out of your mouth uh, through christ if you're not giving him that ability in your life then how can you give him your heart how are we giving him our minds how are we submitting ourselves fully unto him if there are things in our lives we don't want to submit to him
1: well she wasn't and i i read the thing you were talking about and it, she wasn't saying it as though she had any problem with it.
0: No, no. It wasn't a confession of, here's what I do, and I wish I did And didn't. I really hate that I
1: do this, and I really hate that I struggle with this. It right. was like, oh, but... This is okay. I'm okay right. with it was a, it I was don't almost, have any desire to want to change.
0: It was a prideful thing to say, Yeah, I love Jesus, but I love doing this over here on this side. I love Jesus, but I love this sin. And the scripture says you can't serve two masters because you're going to hate one and love the other. You can't. I'm telling you right now, if you're a believer living in sin, you're probably living under conviction and you're living under guilt because you know that is something you should not be doing. We should not be giving those things. Sin, I'm just generalizing it. We should not be giving it a place in our life for it to live because it's a dead thing anyway. You need it to beat it until dead.
1: it can't breathe anymore.
0: Right. And so we look at all this. And, you know, America, I love this country. and love the people that are in it. But I think it's progressively, quickly, very progressively getting wicked day by day by day. It's just growing at an exponential rate. And as a Christian, here's the, here and here's the real thing. We have to get to the point, because here's where the danger is getting ready to come in. The We, we always think that they're going to come in and shut down the church, right? This is what this is what a lot of Americans think, a lot of people around the world. Um, you know, coronavirus, everything's shutting down. They're coming in to shut down the church, and I would disagree with that. What they're doing is that they're coming in to supplant pastors preachers and teachers with people who are morally and biblically incorrect and ungodly Um, there was a group uh the group in canada that got grace life church got shut down they went and put a fence around it there was another church in canada that sent out a letter that had a uh big rainbow on it and a unicorn on the front that's their church symbol And the the pastor was a LGBTQ guy. And he's like, good, that's what you deserve. You're not following biblical mandates. And I'm sitting here like, what are you talking about? You dare got the nerve. To say that they're not following biblical mandates, but this sin is okay and acceptable. But this is what is coming. The This is when we talk about the dangers of all these different types of music in our church that have no place being there. Or the different types of doctrine that are coming into our church that have no place being there. They're being brought in by people who have no place being there. And that is responsible to us. That is on our shoulders to listen to what they say, to determine, is it Does it line up with the word of God? And if it does not to leave, we're under no obligation. Listen, you're under no obligation to stay in a place where somebody is teaching false doctrine. In fact, you should be leaving. That is what the scripture commands. We don't listen to them. It says, if somebody comes to your house and preaches a false gospel or a different gospel that you are not to let them in, you don't even bid them Godspeed when they leave. They're preaching a false gospel. So if you're sitting in a church and someone is preaching a false gospel, they are bringing the gospel to the temple, the body where Christ dwells in you, and they're presenting a false gospel to his house, to you, you're his house, not the building, you, and you have a responsibility to get out of that. And I think the, the, the more, the older I get and the more I desire of God, the less I desire the world. That should be the Christian, that should be everything. It will happen tomorrow. What would happen tomorrow if all the Christians in the United States, I mean, seriously, literally, with a passionate love of God, stood up and said, We're not doing this, we're not buying that, we're not going there. As a group, as millions of us, we said, I'm not buying another pair of stupid Nike tennis shoes. Say what you want. I'm not even talking about the little Satan shoes that they made. I'm talking about them using child labor, slave labor to make their tennis shoes, and we keep buying the stupid things. And we want to be like, oh, they're mad. They made a devil shoe. Who really? That,
1: that's what we're going to be. We're going to
0: be mad about the devil shoe, yeah. and not the little kids that they got making it in another country for a quarter. And we're going to, we're not going to take a stand. We're these 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 large corporations that are, are giving money to abortion clinics and abortion funds. I mean, you could get a list of them on the internet today. Go look it up. You'll find a list of people. But if the Christians took a hard stance in this country and said we're not going to support that and be a part of it anymore, we would see a change. But the problem is, is we won't do that. We'll talk about it. Oh, I don't like that. We don't want to be
1: labeled mm, as such.
0: I really don't like what they're doing. But man, they make a really good car. I'm going to go buy that Ford or whatever it is. I'm just naming names there. I'm just saying, we've got at some point, there has to be some kind of division, separation between us and the world. We don't have the same father. We're not of the same family. This is just a place we're dwelling right now until Messiah returns. That's That's the legitimate truth of it. Ah, oh, Man, so you know we're going to go and I want to look another Second Timothy one through five. I've got it there for you. If you want to read it real quick,
1: this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful and holy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors. Heady, high minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such,
0: turn away. Right. The very end of that, verse five is telling you what you should do. This is not compromising with the world. This is not saying, I'm going to allow a little bit of sin in my life. From such, turn away. Unless
1: you really like it?
0: No. <laughs> from such, turn away. Unless it's you know unless it's not that bad. No, from such, turn away. We don't allow the world into our congregation. We don't allow the world to dictate our lives. We don't allow our jobs, our bosses, our president, our whatever, Congress. We don't allow anyone to tell us that we should do something contrary to the Word of God. The Word of God is the definitive authority on how we are supposed to live our lives. And until, Christian believer, until you put that first in your life, until that is the thing you want the most, you're going to have a form of godliness, but you're not going to have the power of it. Do you see it? It says it right there. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. We either stand with them or we stand apart from them. If we desire to have the power of God in our lives, it needs to fall into subjection. And until we submit and subject ourselves to the word of God, we're not going to have it. It's just not going to come. You know, there's no, uh, the Bible talks about some of the power of God. It says is by prayer and by fasting. And there's no other way to get it. Many of us don't even know how to do that. But we want the power of God. We want the power of God. It's just very frustrating. But right. I wanted to be encouraging to say that. If everybody else around you decides that they want to go off into the world and they want to live for the world, let them. You do what's right. You follow after God. You raise up the cross. You're going to find others out there who desire to, to be saved. There are plenty of lost people out there who want a savior, who are looking for someone to lift them out of that dark place, to lift them out of their sin. And it's up to us to provide it to them. If these people here that don't have natural affection, they're tooth, uh, truth breakers, they're liars, and incontinent, they're fierce, despisers of the things that are good, they're traitors, they're high men, heady and lovers of pleasure more than lovers of god if if they don't want to change and they don't want to listen then you go about your way and you continue to preach the gospel until we find someone who does because where sin does abound the grace of god does much more abound it's just this idea that we have to get away from um putting ourselves in a position to where we're okay with sin um and we just keep letting it in and we just need to get it out man we just really need to get out we just came out of passover it talked you know the story of passover about getting the leaven out that leaven represents sin and it says a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump right that little bit of sin in your life will sin stain your whole life we wash it away through the blood of the cross we repent of our sin and the bible says that god is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness So that's been this episode of The Abnormal Christian. I really hope it's encouraged you to really get serious about your relationship with God. If there's anything that we ever do on this podcast, I want people to get serious because you've got to get to a different level. You've got to get to a different level of understanding. You need to get deeper in the word of God. If you're waiting on God to speak to you, he already did. He wrote it down in a book. Open it up and read it and read the words of God and he will bless you and you will get the answers that you're looking for. All right, so that's it for this episode, and we will catch you again another time.
1: Bye.